Hi everyone, I'm Rickhead. And you're listening to a Teenage Murderous Appetite. Where the two of us share our favorite true crime stories. And this is our first episode. Yay. This is And we're so excited for this. Yep. Actually, it was uh eleven eleven like a few minutes ago. But anyway. And that's our favorite angel number. Very fun. Today, we're going to be discussing a very story known by many members of the true crime community. Nabila, have you heard about Diane Downs? I have not. Well, I assure you, you're going to be re- really like amazed by how interesting this crime is. Let's get to the source. I'm excited now. Our case sources for this episode is are the Oprah Winfrey Show episode, Diane Downs and Anne Rule. My Mother Since 2020 from ABC Parts 1 and 4, and Inside Editions, Why Diane Downs Said She Shot Her Three Children. What? Yep. Let's start. The story begins on May 19th, 1983 in Springfield, Oregon, where a mother rushes into the McKenzie Willamette Hospital with her three children, Christy, Cheryl, and Danny. Seven-year-old Cheryl was dead at arrival, and three-year-old Danny was paralyzed after being shot in the back. Eight-year-old Christy was shot twice in the chest and suffered major injuries and was immediately sent for medical care. The mother, Diane Downs, was shot in the arm and had a towel wrapped as a bandage around the wound. As both children were still receiving treatment in the hospital, police began inquiring Diane on what exactly happened that night. Diane described the event as follows. She was driving her three kids to a woman's house. She left around 9.30 p.m. and took a detour to go sightseeing at night before she even took the detour. As they continued on the road, she noticed a man waving her down on the side of the road. Suspecting the man was in danger or needed help, she stopped the car and got out to ask him what the matter was. At this moment, the man began demanding Diane for the keys to her car, and she responds oh. with a snarky comment. You've got to be kidding. The man then pulls out a gun, pushes her away, and shoots the three children. Oh the my god. One, the man shoots one more time, hitting Diane's arm. She pretends to throw her keys into the bushes, and the man was distracted. During this time, she jumps into the car and drives away to the hospital. Diane mentions bushy-haired stranger, which is what we're going to refer to him as, too. The, wait, the bushy-haired driver? Wait. The bushy-haired stranger. It's a very strange oh, okay. name. But this was because uh, of the composite sketch. So they made a sketch of who this guy might be based on what Diane has said. And uh, she called him a bushy-haired stranger because he had really bushy hair. So something that really surprised the police as they were conversing with her was her attitude about the situation. She had a very neutral tone. There wasn't any emotion. And even though, like, one of her kids died and the others were still in intensive care, that's very strange. I know. Wait, was... so the first kid died, right? So was her middle child. She was dead. Oh. And Dan was shot in the back, and he was paralyzed. And then Christy, who was eight-year-old, she was shot twice in the sh- chest, and she is she was sent to the hospital immediately. That's very sad. I know. So... Like... So uh, this really did surprise police. And uh, something that was even more strange was she was cracking jokes and she was smiling, which was really something 
would never act That's very right. suspicious. Mm-hmm. When she was given care by a surgeon, she comments how she ruined her new car. And this, Girl. In, this, yeah, this immediately aroused suspicion in police, who continued to investigate the case and search for this bushy chaos in the hospital. People in Springfield, Oregon, became terrified because this small and very close-knit town had a killer on the loose. Women and children weren't allowed to go out by themselves in the evening, and family their outside activities in fear of the police actually had evidence that they had were the used cartridges from a gun. They looked for evidence in the nearby creek, but there wasn't any. As for now, their only witness was Diane, and to the police, her behavior was already really suspicious, and it might too, because she has no emotion. It's she's very really, suspicious. Like she's really. Flat. I mean, if my kids, like, if someone shot my kids, I'd be like crying and like not in like a very like you know neutral tone. Yeah, or cracking jokes. Up. Like, yeah. So, um, their their only hope basically was the two remaining children who are still alive, who are Christy and Danny. Danny was too young, and Christy was still receiving care because she's had two shots to her chest, and. This is when police decided to record a reenactment scene with Diane. So, but um, something for discussion would be, for like, from listening to this part only, who do you think this like stranger, the bushy-haired stranger, is? Like, I mean, probably her. Yeah, because um, I don't think at- he even exists. Yeah, we don't even know if he exists yet, but according to Diane, he does exist, and he's the one who. Diane, basically, he's just there. He finds Diane, at the side. I of mean, the... that's also like her story is kind of very strange because, like, if she did find like, like what happened, if she said like what happened, like they did find the bushy hair, um, hair stranger, and then they like he shot the kids first, and then he shot her. That's kind of very strange because. Like, he would need to shoot the mother first since, she's, like, she's older and she's more, like, you know, understanding and she could, like, defeat him more, if that makes sense. Yeah, so... And the kids are, like, defenseless. So what exactly... This is exactly what she's saying, though. But, um... So she responds with this comment, gotta be kid. And then this man, he pulls out a gun, he pushes her away, goes in. He like through the driver's seat window or the car door open, whichever one. And he looks inside and sees the three kids. And then he shoots each and every one of them. And then Diane, this is when Diane like takes in the moment and then she fights back and uh, she gets shot in the arm. And then she pretends, which uh, this is when she drives off. But uh, something I noticed was... So did he get, like, did she say that he got out of the car when she threw the, like, the keys? She didn't throw pretended. No, I know, but, like, when she said that she pretended that she threw the keys, like, if he was still in the car, that's, like, very unbelievable. No, he was outside the car. He was, so when the, when she the car, so the guy was, so the guy was on the one side of the road. She was on one side of the road stopping the car. She opened the door. She walked out and... The, they both met, and then this is when the whole shooting thing happened. So the door was still open, 
So she pretended to throw her keys uh, into like the bushes. And this guy, he's distracted, obviously, because that's what he wants. He wants the car. So he goes and runs to get it. And this is when she she didn't throw the keys. So she takes the real keys and then she drives off to the hospital. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and so some strange details that I've noticed basically was obviously one thing was her demeanor, which was how she was talking about the whole case and how she was really happy. Basically, I don't where to say, but like she like very it, neutral. Mm-hmm. She was very neutral. That's that's perfect. She didn't seem to have any emotion for her kids, who she just one of them who she just lost and. Uh, the three-year-old who may never walk again. He's paralyzed. So, um, uh, before I continue, I'd, I want to give a little bit of backstory on Diane and her life before this tragic event. So, her full name is Elizabeth Fredrickson Diane on August 7th, 1955 in Phoenix, Arizona. Growing up, she was raised in a strict family with religious Graduated high school with high honors and married Steve Downs at just 17. They almost immediately had children when she didn't consult her husband. Christy and Cheryl were the first, and Danny was the next. Danny was actually the result of an affair. Uh, according to Steve Downs, she treated them like crap. Danny, the third child, was obviously an affair, and she later became a surrogate mother. And she already had a bad relationship with affairs and everything with her husband, and it was a tough marriage from the start. And later they divorced. And also, according to Diane, she had 10 separate affairs in two years. And in mm. those 10 relationships, ten? less, yep, 10. And in those relationships, less than half of them had a significant other, basically a wife, apart from Diane. So uh, Diane's career. So Diane was a mail carrier who, who worked at the U.S. Post Office in Chandler, Arizona. This is where she meets Robert Knickerbocker, a man who she loved and wanted in her life. Knickerbocker, however, he wasn't interested in children. And this is where Diane oh. began as a burden for her life. So she I get it now. Yep. She moves to Springfield and she sends multiple letters. What everyone called him. And she was pleading him to come with her. But uh, all of the letters were being sent back to her and they were being unread. So... He was basically refusing to read them. Oh, so, oh my like, God. big red flags that you see, especially from Diane's background. I mean, having uh, a religious family could have been, like, a red flag. Yeah, I think, like, I think the way she... Because maybe, like, they restrained her from, like, being out in the world. So when she grew up and then, like, she met this guy and then she immediately like you know they immediately fell in love and then they had children like that's also a red flag and she didn't like even tell her husband yeah the husband was i mean obviously saying uh, this in, in in the interview but the husband's always the last to know anyway so there's nothing he could have done about it but he's had so many like she's had so many relationships there was obviously no point in continuing their own so they broke Okay, so um, I'm going to move back on to the case, and this is the really, really this is a really good. Um, so police decide to re-record a reenactment of what happened on that fateful night. Diane agrees to do this reenactment, 
and four days after. So it's now the 20th. The recording is taken. During this recording, an officer who dis- who's sitting, uh, who describes Diane, who's sitting in the car, and he's describing what's going to happen, what time it is when they're recording. And he, if you watch the recording, you can see Diane. She's like fixing her hair. She's look. She's trying to look good for the cameras. And oh my god! I know that. I think that was just really just strange for me uh, when I was watching. Like disturbing in some way. Mm-hmm. And in the reenactment video, it's laughing, and she has a jovial attitude with the officer. And near the end of the recording, this is a very strange part for viewers and everyone who's watching this. Diane bumps her arm, which was in a cast because she was only shot in the arm. The other kids had fatal injuries, but she was just shot in the arm, which was a little suspicious. And yeah, and like she's the oldest too. I know she's the oldest. Like we obviously kids who did it. And it's either the man or, and Diane was just suspicious from the start. So uh, Diane bumps her arm, which was in a cast. She was sitting, going to sit in, sit in the car. And um, near the, uh, so she then laughs off the pain as she says, get this, this is worse than, and then she cuts herself off by laughing. So she says, so she bumps and she laughs and she's like, ha ha ha, this is worse than, uh, and then she stops. So that was just, that was just something really when we discussed this part. I wonder what she meant. I know that was just, that was just insane. And police then searched through her apartment with Diane's consent, of course, and she did agree. And they found her diary with multiple accounts of Nick and her profound love for him too. So she continued to send letters and wanted attention, but Diane was heartbroken when she realized Nick was too indecisive about divorcing his wife. And during... Oh, he's also married? Yes, he is married. He's He's been married for 10 years. That's why... He... Does he have kids or anything like that? Nope, he does not want kids. He doesn't have kids and he doesn't want to be... Oh. A... So that's why Diane basically saw her kids as a base like... A burden, like, oh my gosh, because now she can't get to her love because the kids are in the way. So, yeah. during all of the police investigation, Diane is constantly having interviews and news reports on her story and what happened. She wanted to like tell her story to the public, and she pleaded for anyone who had any information on the on the sketch of the bushy-haired stranger or the uh or any other information about the case to contact the police. She then uh, addresses allegations against her. So people have uh, told her that she's the one who murdered it. And then this is the part where she gets really, really defensive and like angry. So she states multiple statements like, if I did it, I would have done this. Or if I did it, I would have killed Christy first. Or I would have. Oh my God. I would have killed Danny to make sure they weren't alive. I would have dead and just left crocodile tears. So this is what she she said, and this uh supposed innocent too, and so while Diane was taking interviews, her two surviving children, Danny and Christy, the three year old and the eight year old, they're still receiving care. So Christy, and, like, did she even like mention her kids or how like she's visiting them at the hospital, or was she only doing like interviews and that like? That's what I mean. Very suspicious. Yeah, she's doing full hair interviews. So she's just 
uh, she's taking like make she's got her makeup hair done she's different people it's like it's insane how less she cares basically uh if you ask me and so uh christy's had a stroke and this stroke to speak for a time and the doctor who was her oldest her oldest was still alive Um. yeah so the doctor who was caring for noted how it was a really really long time before he heard her speak again but one clue that nurses noticed when caring for christy was that her vitals like her blood pressure and everything would freeze like a spike whenever Diane was in the room. So we know Diane did check on her, but whenever she did, Christy's vitals spiked. And Diane's children were put in foster care, and Diane never got custody over them again. So what happened to her? So uh, we'll we'll talk about that more later, but I think something really weird was what the nurses were noticing, and that was Christy's vitals spiked. Yeah, that like... A sign of fear. Yeah, so that could be so like it's an extreme emotion basically. And I'm pretty I don't I wouldn't think she's that happy to see her mother unless we'll unless we find out if she ever does talk again and tell us what happened. So uh actually there was an interview that was really influential to this case, and that was the Ann Jager interview. So Diane attended this interview by herself without a lawyer, and the interview began. Similar to the reenactment, Diane was laughing and making jokes in their interview. Diane also mentioned how some people said she was lucky and her disagreement with those remarks. So they said, you're lucky you survived. And she said uh, she was, she said her kids were the lucky ones and noted how if she was shot like them, she wouldn't even have to think of this event. And she uh, also... What? Yeah, I think that I think we should talk about that for a little bit. So that she's, like that just shocked me said, because like she's living right now, doing like she's like doing interviews, getting famous, and then like she's doing her hair, makeup, and she doesn't even have any injuries except like her hand. Well, like just, one of her kids just died, and then the other is like paralyzed, and the other can't even speak. Yeah, like, I think that was just like it's just heartbreaking to see how how fatal these injuries are, how fatal and critical. But then Diane just comes in with a shot to the arm. And also get this. So she bandaged her arm. So she, she did it by herself? Yeah, she had she had two arms, obviously. And she took a towel and she wrapped one hand with the bleeding hand with a towel. Did like a tight triangle triangle bandage. And um this is what, and that's what nurses noticed when she first came in. It was, that was a really tight knot. And usually if you were trying to get your kids to the hospital as fast as you could. Um, like she took her time. Yeah, she, she, she that's, what we're, that's what I'm thinking too. She probably took her time to get there. And that's why she has such a perfect clean knot and nice bandage while the kids are just suffering in there, choking out their blood and stuff. So uh, after that, uh she also mentions how she was pregnant and the father knew who she was. Wait, she's pregnant? Yep, she was pregnant. And you're going to see this reoccurring theme of her getting pregnant a lot. So 
Uh, I'm going to talk about a few uh, flaws and cracks in her story. Uh, Diane mentioned that the man had looked into her car and then shot at the three children. But there was evidence of blood splatters on the outside of the car. Oh. Okay, so that's so it's a closed window on the back seat. So if you're shooting someone on yeah, the and end, she did say she sh- he shot them on the inside. That's what she said, and um the se- so what we're thinking is, uh the seven year old probably got out, and whoever killed maybe the bushy haired stranger maybe goes down, they reached in more and they shot her and they put her back into the car. So another thing was Diane Clint not have a gun a handgun. So she didn't have a weapon. So it's obviously true because the kids were shot with a handgun. And she's saying, oh, I don't have a handgun. But police discovered that she did buy a handgun, which matched the exact description of the gun used on the children. So that was just, I think that was a really important piece because you can tell now she's getting a little weaker on her story. And uh, Rife. uh, Yeah, like stuff are not adding up. Yeah, okay. like you know, her whole story just doesn't add up. And uh, another thing was rifle and bullets. A rifle and bullets were found in her house, and their bullets matched the casings on the ground in the crime scene. So when I was describing the evidence, they only had the casings on the ground, and they concluded that the casings matched the exact bullets that she had in her house. So she killed them. Oh my god. Well, we don't know yet. And so Diane claimed that she was racing to the hospital. So obviously, if your kids are shot, you're going to race to the hospital as fast as you can. But found a witness who was behind her, and he was waiting two minutes, and his speedometer couldn't even register. Wait, behind her? Okay, so she was driving to the hospital, and then it's like a man, a man and his family were just behind her trailing behind her oh my god that's very like and scary the the strange part is she's going so slow the speedometer on his car can't even identify her like she they can't even tell how slow she's going and it's like a two lane it's uh it's like it's like a one-way kind of thing so you can't uh they can't cross her either so they had to wait for two whole minutes while she's driving very slowly before the he could overpass her and uh she was, like taking her sweet time she was taking her time and what i'm thinking is she was waiting for the kids to die in the car before she made it to the hospital so that was just that was a little strange and oh other was this was found in her apartment but there was a statue of a unicorn and under it, there was engravings, and it said, To Christy, Cheryl, and Daniel, I love you, Mom, May 13th, 1983. So uh, the murder itself was May 19th, 1983. This gift, uh, in quotes, was given on May 13th. So this was six days before the crime, and the police thought it was actually a memorial for the kids, not a gift. Oh my god. I know this was just mind blowing because um usually I'm thinking a lot of people are thinking that 
this was the spot where she decided I'm going to kill my kids. So this was this this point in her she's going to kill these kids on this day and that and her thoughts can be shown in this memorial. I can't believe that like people like that exist. So I also want to go back into the part where in the reenactment where Diane bumps her arm and then she says this is worse than before cutting her off. Do you remember that? Worse than what? Like, Okay, so what police were thinking when they were listening to this was they they were like uh, inferencing what she was saying and they said this is worse than when I shot myself. Oh. This, This was just I feel like the police did a good job on finishing this sentence, but um, she let she cut herself she cut herself off so fast she was just done. Or maybe and, it could have been like this is worse than I shot my kids. Yeah, but did say I shot my kids. She had an emotion, but she has no emotion for the kids. She didn't care. You can tell by her by how she acted. So, uh, continuing with the story, you there was also uh, there's also a video, uh, the ABC one, the 2020 Diane Downs, my mother. Since part three, if you watch the last like seven at like seven oh one to the end of the video, you can see a little clip of Diane speaking about the death of her kids, and you can actually see her taking a pausing for like a minute and then smiling at the camera which was just extremely it was scary for someone who was listening because she was obviously smiling there's nothing she can't change the fact that she's smiling so it really it was just really suspicious after this so now um we're gonna so now there's like a few breaks in the case breaks meaning like some really like parts that really like end the case so Detectives arrange an interview with Downs, and they demand to know the truth about Diane's so-called assailant. Something really, honestly, it was hilarious. And it's frankly, it's honestly my favorite part about this case. Diane changes her story. So She changes it? She changed the story. So Diane mentions in the tape recording, if you, you can listen to it, um, I'll put that in the description. But Diane mentions in the interview that the man who shot her kids knew her the man called her by her name he addressed her tattoo and he knew a lot about her so diane admitted to knowing who attacked her so when she was asked that like changes everything i know that changes so um in the video i was watching they were talking about how it was okay for a witness or uh, or someone who is a, a bystander to add on to their story. So it, you could have said, oh, he had blue eyes as well. Uh, but this was something different. She was changing the story completely. She said she didn't know the man, but now, surprisingly, she knew the man. And uh, when she was asked by the police, why didn't you reveal this? Because there really wasn't a reason to keep it hidden because it helps the police. Her answer was, there wasn't a, there's, n- I'm quoting this, no reason in your mind. So she was basically, end quote, and she was basically saying how uh, you might not have a reason, but I have a reason. And she did not state this reason, but we're not sure. Oh my God, she is very suspicious. And I'm just like, wow. 
Yeah, I know. This was, it was just so surprising from start to end how many mistakes and little quirks that she had from uh, talking to the police, doing these interviews, like giving very minimal emotion. It was just very strange. So um, another thing was, uh, as you were listening to what the officers were speaking about, they said one key when interviewing is to keep the tension high. So that was obviously saying, oh, did you do it? You can, you have to really keep the pressure really high until they eventually... Until she cracks? Yeah, until she cracks, until she bends. And uh, sadly, this did not work with Diane. She was, she was extremely well with, uh, at handling the... Because, like, she knew what she wanted from the beginning. I know, because she just wanted to get out. And Diane more and more frustrated with the police. And because of this, she eventually revealed more changes into the story. She then says the man grabbed her arm and yanked it. She And the man shot her arm. And then he away. And um, this was when she was... He uh, talks about how uh, if I ever get any... Uh, if I ever remember anything about the case, I'm not going to tell you. You guys can find it for yourself. And then she storms out of the room. She was so mad about the about all the tension that they were giving her. She leaves. Wow. So, um, yeah, the way I that think... she keeps changing it, she, just like to get out of the situation. I know she she says, "I know this man. I'm going to find him. You guys can go screw yourself." It's basically what she's saying to the police. And this actually, this was. I think this was a really important part because um, the urge to arrest Diane increased after this interview and the public began realizing uh, she's been how the story is not real, the bushy-haired man he's, he is not real none of this is real, it's obviously Diane all the evidence so the pressure to arrest her depended on the district attorney's will to listen to Christy, who was the who was the oldest and who was suffering from stroke, as I said before. And Christy, uh, he hoped Christy would say who shot. Uh, a long recovery was needed because, uh, but even through, the tension was still rising. Could speak. She was too scared. So something obviously that she couldn't speak. So because of this was working with Christy, uh they want he wanted to reveal what happened. So Christy was asked to write paper. This this is what uh this is exactly what they did. So he she wrote who did it on a piece of paper. She put oh the God. paper envelope and then they took the envelope and they threw it in a in the fireplace and they burned it. So oh. no one's gonna know. So, doing this over and over and over until Christy was finally brave enough and more confident to reveal what happened. So, oh. uh, until she was confident. And at one point, she was. And she referred to her uh, therapist, and the paper says, my mom, on them. Oh, my God. I mean, I knew okay. that from the beginning, but, like... <laughs> But Still kind I think, of shocking. Yeah, so this was she was the only eyewitness. So it's 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 such a strong case now. So uh, pro- 
So she was actually, uh, now Diane was testified in the Lane County. And although prosecutors had a strong case, they wanted Christy to reveal what was really happening that night. So they want her testimony, basically. And it was a very, very sad case, uh, sad trial, especially because it's a daughter, her own mother, and so now this is what Christy says actually happened. We still don't know she's an eight-year-old, so we're going to have to go by what she says. So she it's says... Even, like, really hard on her since, like, she's eight. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of mental in the future. She's she's going to be hard for her to move on uh, after That's that. It's going to be like something that she's going to remember forever. I know. It's something that everyone, any anyone would remember forever because she's going against her own mother. Usually a child would try to protect her, his or yeah. her. And, but... and like the mother would like protect her kids instead of her shooting them. I know. So that's what I think. That's what it was. Just, it just showed the magnitude of this case and how poorly Diane was treating her own children. And so what really happened was Christy revealed that she was awake during this whole scene and uh, her mother got to an off-road, which was what Diane said as well. They went off-road and she stopped and Diane got out of the car. She went to the trunk and she grabbed an item, which police police think it's the gun, obviously. She walked back to the driver's seat. She opened the door. She looked in and then she saw the three, and then she shot them. So, oh my god! So, like hearing after, about it even more about like how she did it, I know. I'm I just, just still can't like. I'm, I'm still so, shocked. Like, I don't know. I I don't know how she would manage to like, get the strength to say all this because that's just a such a hard event, especially on someone her age. So, and it's like uh, her mother. Yeah, it's her mother. And so after this, poli- uh, so obviously Christy doesn't know what's happening next. So nobody really knows what happened. Diane came in with a bullet on in her arm. So the police basically said, and this is pretty obvious too, but um, she probably just shot her arm to make it seem to like make, she was. Yeah. Yeah, so to make it seem like she was in trouble. And, to look more suspicious, like to look more or less, like to look less suspicious. Oh my God. To make it less suspicious. So, uh, Diane was uh, arrested in a maternity gra- gown. So she was pregnant. Oh wait! And when when the when the accident happened, she shot her kids. How far was she? How far was she? Like how pregnant she was. She wasn't pregnant. She wasn't pregnant when the. So she, she got shot pregnant. She was pregnant during the time, like after the event. So she was pregnant later. And she got pregnant again. Oh my god, this woman is just like. I know it's just so crazy, like the stuff that she can do. And then she left Robert, right? Yeah, she divorced. Wait, Robert is the guy that she wanted. That she loved at the end, right? Uh, like that the was, guy that she wanted to kill her kids for. That was Nick. Oh, sorry. Got the names mixed up. Okay. Anyway, 
So, um, Diane was pregnant, nine months pregnant, and this was on February 28th, 1984, and she was still smiling as she was escorted by deputies. She was still smiling? Yep, she was smiling. And if you look up a picture, you can definitely, you can find her, you can search her videos. It's, it's so, it's so obvious. Her demeanor is just so strange during this whole case. And so uh, now we're going to talk about Diane's response, basically, to all of this. And this is what Diane is going to do based on what happened. So Diane was sent to prison where she had her baby, but she put her up for adoption. So that was just an... So she had a life sentence, Diane, but this is very, this is just funny, honestly. Um, she escaped prison by scaling a fence after just three years in her sentence. She escaped? She escaped prison. Did they get her again or like? She was a threat for 11 days before she was caught again hiding in the house of a cellmate's husband. So she made a f- so she made a friend with a cellmate in her prison and she went to her husband's house and hid there. So uh when she was interviewed later that's, that's like scary. I know because now people know oh my she's back again. She could do what she could do terrible things again. So uh this scared people again in surrounding states. I think 14 states gave a warning on and had searches on where Diane was. And so she, after she was brought back to jail and she was interviewed, she said she was looking for the man who shot her kids. And she said she wanted, and I'm quoting, she wanted to do some really obscene things to his body, end quote. And Is she uh, okay in the head or like? That's the question so many people were asking. And we'll discuss that. But na- but then Downs was held in a maximum security prison in New Jersey as she was working on her appeal. And uh, during this time, one interview that I personally, I was uh, researching about this and I found an interview. It was the Oprah Winfrey interview with Anne Rule. Um, so Anne Rule, if you don't know her, she's an she's a great true crime author who wrote the book Small Sacrifices based on Diane's case. So she writes a lot of true crime, but this was the one based. This case had so many twists and turns and the so many ridiculous moments. And Diane uh, and and both of them argue over details in the book. It's extremely, it's a very tense moment. So um, Oprah also stated as many others thought, if she was telling this story, like carnival. So uh, I, I obviously, I can't cover the whole interview in the episode. It, it was like almost as long as this episode, this podcast episode. But um, if you do want to listen to it, I will put that in the description along with the other sources. And I can't tell you what happened. I can't tell you everything, but I will tell you some really funny moments. So one funny moment was when Anne over who requested the transcript for who. So there was uh, Mr. Wilson, who was a golf player. So he and supposedly some other people saw supposed bushy-haired stranger. And his testimony was, uh, so his testimony, we don't know who had it, but it was 
or Diane. And both of them, Diane said, uh, Anne asked her for the testimony and Diane said no. But then uh, Anne asked, Anne reveals that Diane was the one who asked her. And it was just, it was a very funny remark. And another funny moment was when this whole discussion, when Diane was obsessed with children and I don't know. I, I think if you watch the video for yourself, it'll you'll get it. But to conclude this case, Diane Downs is now in a California prison where she's spent the rest of her life. Wait, she's still alive? Yep, she's still alive. Oh my god. And I think she's I think she's like 66. I'm not sure. Um, but she is still alive. She is still spending her life sentence. And yeah, that's that was that's the case. So, uh, what did you think? I okay. When you first told me, I did not expect it to be like this. Like, I, I'm just really shocked at how she, even after they arrested her for you know, um, the murder for her daughter, and then like the killing and like you know. The shooting, I'm just still shocked that she was still talking about the Harry Bush guy. That, yeah, the like, Bush. she said that supposedly shot her kids, which is very confusing because, like, is she okay mentally or is she, like, trying to still convince the people even though there is multiple evidence that this person does not exist and that she is the one that did that? Yeah, so many people were thinking too and this was actually in Anne's book where Anne uh, claimed that Anne uh, that Diane was in fact sane she was she did not she was not insane she was not crazy when she did this so she was she did have a stable mental health when she did when she killed one of her children so uh, so we can't this is what Anne thinks so we can't base everything off of what she says and we have to take uh, the sources from all points of view. You have to take it from Diane's point of view too. And luckily, Diane's done so many interviews; it's easy to tell um, what she's messed up on and what flaws. Like she that... gave, she gave away without even knowing that yeah. she did give away. And she still argues that she's wrongfully convicted. She still argues to um, that she wants to see her kids again, and. So actually, about her kids, she did see Christy once, and they did talk a little bit, and there it was just a little conversation about um of some shoes or uh, how she was, basic motherly questions, and um. If I were her, I would never want to see her again. Yeah, this was this was just very surprising, especially because Christy was able to like, to reconcile, not reconcile, but like meet her mother before and yeah. oh I thought it she like she ta- she saw her again like after 10 years or something no she just saw her like before she went to jail oh my god she was still eight I know and this case this is very like, heartbreaking yeah this isn't the only part like there's still more to this case I won't I won't I've still missed out a did she have like how many kids did she have in total do you know? Like, yep. She claimed five. So the three kids from her first husband and then the other kid she had. 
like during the trial. Oh my god. So one she had was yeah during the trial, and then she had another one in prison. In prison. In prison, she had one. She was lo- she said she was lonely and she was desperate for a child. She was missing her children, and then she had another child. She was missing her children. This woman has the audacity. Oh my god. So yeah, that that's basically the case. I think um, that was just. I think that was just a really, especially from her story, the flaws, then her like her defense. Like, they're kids too, and she's like a mother. Changing the story, it was all just such a wild thing. It was so fun uh, to research about. Well, uh, that's all for our first episode, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you, Nabila, for discussing the case with me. You're welcome. This was very fun, I guess, but it was also sad and heartbreaking. But I hope the kids are now doing like fine. Oh yeah, you have to, and you have the next case. Yes, I can't wait. It's I. I'm gonna give y'all a very killer case that you know. Killer, get it. Well, thank you. Thank you.